Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunarian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to Season 2 of the Shine Within Podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom to three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique, non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season 2 of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. Hello, lovely listeners. I'm so thrilled you're tuning in today and gaining insights from our podcast. If this episode resonates with you, I invite you to delve deeper by checking out the show notes. You'll find enriching details about today's discussion and an exclusive opportunity to join our free Facebook group, Awaken Souls. Awaken Souls is a sanctuary for women on a path towards sobriety, whether you're just curious or already on this transformative journey. It's a place of solidarity and understanding where you can forge connections with women who share your commitment to an alcohol-free life. Inside, you'll find specially crafted free resources that are designed to empower and support you every step of the way. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could leave a rating. Your feedback is invaluable, helping me to bring more of the content that touches and inspires you. Together, we're building momentum on this journey towards wellness. Remember, you are not alone. I am here with you, supporting you at every turn. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you a truly enlightening episode. Joining us is a remarkable guest, Alara Dawn, recognized as the modern-day high priestess and the founder of Pure Light 1111. Alara is not just revolutionizing spiritual life coaching and energy healing, but she's also a beacon of wisdom in the realms of business coaching and personal transformation. In today's episode, we're diving deep into Alara's personal journey of spiritual awakening, her survival through two near-death experiences, and how these pivotal moments have shaped her path towards healing and discovering her purpose. Alara's insights into the importance of connecting with our spiritual lineage, understanding past life influences, and harnessing our innate gifts are bound to resonate with many of you. Whether you're just beginning your journey of self-discovery or you're looking to deepen your spiritual connection, this conversation is packed with valuable takeaways. So grab a cup of your favorite tea, settle in, and let's explore the mystical world of spiritual awakening with the incredible Alara Dawn. I am back in business, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I am back. I've been ill for about uh, almost a week and a half, and now I'm just getting back to podcast. And I was just sharing with Alara here that 
man, I don't know how to do podcasting anymore. <laughs> but I'm so excited to have you on my show today because we were having a beautiful discussion earlier, right? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So can you just share with us your personal journey of spiritual awakening and how it led you to healing and discovering your purpose? Sure. So I guess I didn't have a one specific spiritual awakening event. I know a lot of people maybe go through an illness or an injury or an end of a relationship and that is their catalyst. For me, I had uh, come into a lineage that were quite magical, shall we say, like they've got an ancient lineage. And at age four, I had my second near-death experience and that uh, was a drowning. And in that experience, um, I remember it was in my swimming lessons. It was before I went to my first school. And I remember being surrounded by my guides as I was like taken out of the body. And I could see my, I could see myself at the bottom of the pool, just lifeless. And there was this choice point. And the choice point was very, it was like very telepathic. I was very much getting a decision of, do I take an exit plan? I'd already been through huge amounts and more than I would ever wish for anyone, even by the age of four. And there was this choice of, uh, you chose this experience, you're choosing it. And the next thing you know, I was kind of pushed back into the body and then fished out. So then resuscitated and then, you know, life has kind of everything moved on. But I've recently been writing my book and I realized that that's such a key point because this whole thing of us not necessarily understanding, even with all the things that happens to us, we choose it. And I actually remember choosing it. So every event that I had after that, all the difficulties, the challenges and everything that came up in my journey, knowing with very clear conscious awareness that I chose it means that automatically I can't blame project, even though there's parts of me that does, there's parts of me that holds all of that, knowing at a deep soul level that one of the key initiations for myself has been about forgiveness to such a level of self and others is such a big teaching that my soul has set myself up with, with this memory of choosing everything, means that even when I go into my shadow or my parts that are in pain that want to blame and want to get really angry about what has and hasn't happened in my life, it comes back to those two points. If I remember choosing it, I can't blame anybody else. And at a soul level, that was deeply important that I remembered it. And the forgiveness piece is really understanding, you know, there's a lot of knowledge about quantum physics now, but quantum entanglement, the key way to disentangle is forgiveness. And it's forgiveness at soul level, not just, oh, I forgive and release and, you know, whatever, and, and God forgives. No, it's about you and that other soul that you had a contract with. So my awakening has kind of been an interesting journey. So um, I left home at 18 after a death threat I had an experience that I had to get out of the house I had three weeks kind of undercover to find a job and move out and cut contact with my family my life then took pretty much a fast track journey of choosing myself choosing I've got a choice here if I stay with these people who really don't want good for me they don't want my happiness and they actually want the quite the opposite I've got a choice. I believe that or I start to believe in myself and there's something else. And every time I'm outside the house and everything else I touch is showing me there's something else within me. There's light within me. There's opportunities and I can create something. So I have to move with that. 
And that was another big kind of jumping point for me. So at 18, I started working. Within a year, I was working for an investment bank, for JP Morgan. And within two years, I was actually working for them in New York doing a project. So talking about quantum leaps and choosing to believe in yourself and choosing to see that regardless of the situations that have gone on, things can dramatically change for you and that there's so many different people, situations, events, teachers that will come in to help you remember who you are and help you either open doors. Sometimes they don't open doors and that is a test in itself of your own resilience and your power and are you going to accept that of, you know, all that's available for you or are you going to find another way so it's like when we look at different perspectives I realized that I've kind of been initiated through that through my whole life and I really came in because of the near-death experiences it did open up um, a lot of healing and psychic abilities and gifts so as a young child I didn't know anything different other than being blown wide open to different realms which also meant the darker side of things I saw just as much as the more angelic so that I haven't known anything different so part of my initiation was also to choose a lineage where I would have that experience where I'd be initiated like the shaman to come in and master those gifts because they were also things I would need now for this great awakening that we have on this planet where not only did I have to embody the normal day-to-day person's life you know the woman in finance the the woman that's had the normal relationship the woman that's you know risen through the ranks and tried to get a career and do good things with her life but you're also going to have to integrate all of these other parts that are parts of you and just as much valued even though mainstream has not acknowledged that yet so again it's like this where do I fit in who am I and my whole life has been this dichotomy really of this integration of self and where how much of my life was created from my woundings and who I thought I was and actually my potential of who actually am I now I've healed those things and I realized the fast track that I went through in many different kind of periods of my life around 28 I had been in a relationship for seven and a half years I was about to get married I'd created this great life earned loads of money created the stability that I'd not had in my childhood so I thought that I was writing all the wrongs I'd found a good relationship, we traveled the world. So I'd, I'd had this, you know, the achievements and the things that fulfilled me, but there was still this big gaping hole because I'd created them based on really not knowing who I truly was. And I had the addictions, you know, the drinking, the partying, it was the work hard, play hard. It was also part of the kind of environment I was in in London at the time. And knowing that kind of stuff happening also meant that there was this awakening really of understanding that I was about to make a choice to get married, to be in a situation that wasn't right. And I had a big epiphany and then canceled the wedding, ended the relationship, started everything again, but had to then start facing, why did I get into that situation? And that was really my turning point of the healing work. Now that's 2008, so that's (laughs) quite a long time ago now. And it was around the financial crash time, which most people, they might be at that choice point now going, my God, I'm in this relationship, but we've got, you know, the world is not stable financially, so I can't leave this relationship. And I've been there. I've been there with that choice, that decision. But knowing that everything, when I lent into the fact of listening to my soul, who I was and what my worth truly was, even if it didn't make 
convenience sense, it opened up all the doors and everything moved for me when I took that big leap. When I trusted in myself, it literally opened up my field. It was like expansion. Because whenever you're in a situation like that, and so many people sit in relationships for a long time, you're contracted. You're not fully yourself. You can't create, you can't manifest, you can't you can't sit it out and wait for things to get better because you're just not fully being yourself. So you can't attract it. I didn't know all of that stuff at the time, but I realized that it was more of a test and that many people are going through that now. So that journey then took me on a, a journey of therapy, firstly, and a year of twice a week going to Harley Street in London for a type of therapy called cognitive analytical therapy. <clears throat> so it looked at like childhood patterns, attachment style, which more people know about now, um, child development, um, impacts on those woundings, but it did nothing to look at the subconscious, nothing to clear the trauma out of my body, nothing energetically and nothing for the soul. So I had all of the, I could track the patterns, I understood it all, but I hadn't moved anything to actually resolve it. So although I left the relationship, although I'd made the physical changes because I energetically hadn't changed, I was still able to continue to track these things. I just now said no, because I knew what they were. And I think a lot of people get caught in a trap of like talking therapy constantly. I've gone to this therapist, next therapist, and they're not breaking these loops. And this is an invitation because this was part of my lesson. Why am I still attracting the same thing if I'm doing all this healing work? And I get a lot of people come to me that are like, you know, I've been doing the same healing work for 10 years and it's still the same problem. And we resolve it in like a month working together it's because it's not been deep enough so it led me on this next kind of investigation and I then retrained as a clinical hypnotherapist so I was looking at the went into past life regression within that which was interesting but not at the depth that is needed and then it went into really the subconscious work so it gave me this toolkit which was great it showed me faster transformation for things like addictions and stuff through the clinical hypnotherapy which is great it had more of a depth around psychological terms and all of this kind of stuff but then I began to see that even these modalities had belief constructs that came in from men during certain periods of time that had quite misogynistic views around women their health and everything so I'm like this is just more beliefs this is more boxes that we've been you know put in and I was feeling this real urge of expansion knowing that there was more of me but these, these constructs that I was learning that were meant to help people, it's a label, it's a branding. It was another way of constricting our expression. And I knew it deep down and I actually ended up not practicing gestalt therapy after qualifying because I saw stuff that I didn't agree with in that modality. So the next thing you know, it was like this soul initiation from about 2014 where it was then time to do the soul work. And that's when everything changed. I had 300 past lives become active. So we were talking about dream states. Um, and I went through this process of actually when a past life gets activated, you suddenly begin to understand all the relationships that are connected to you at this time and the situations you're in, who those players were and how past choices are now coming up for you know clearing. And I was obviously working in the bank at the time. So I had to figure out ways of 
not only navigating this, so I found different healers at the time who could take me so far, and then it was about me evolving into something that I could really process it at that depth whilst keeping my feet on the ground. But what it did is it raised my consciousness on a permanent level in such a fast way that it was like this leapfrog. And because I'd had all of this other training, it just locked in. And it was like this huge evolutionary shift over about 18 months, two years. And then it was like, okay, set the business up. Because now what you have created, most people would never go through that experience in a uh, you know, very short period of time. So I was like, you know what, if I drop dead tomorrow, what is the legacy piece of work that this whole thing has brought about? So I created my first program, set the business up, and that just kind of went boom because there were so many people that needed it to go at a deeper level. And everything that I've kind of been on this journey of like, how do I make my paint a purpose or my offering of expansion and wisdom to help people whilst keeping their feet on the ground and being authentic to themselves and continuing to learn and grow in a way that is embodied so that they continue to, you know, run their family lives and, you know, because it's not about escaping a 3D, which is much of the kind of teachings now. It's actually about how do I allow more of my soul consciousness to be in this physical form, enjoying a physical, you know, embodied experience and not running away and not having to only experience that in the temple or like the hermit or going off to the jungle to take ayahuasca to process this stuff. It's like I didn't get a choice like that. I literally would have to be able to do that in the toilets at work to go in and literally go through those different levels, probably 20 minutes. I'd disappear off quite a lot and do the healing work and then go back to my desk. It wasn't a choice. And it's very interesting that, you know, when you do not have the choice to escape things, you will suddenly activate new levels of wisdom, courage and new gifts because you have to trust yourself in order to get through it and that's been a big piece of the I guess the initiations and the the learnings of my experience of growth and how do I make it easier for others how do I condense it so that I can help them fast track the the navigational stuff that I had so they can actually transform these key pieces that allows them to actually be the eclectic woman. And I say eclectic because it means that we get to embrace all parts of ourselves. We get to, you know, understand that you've got, you know, your mystical self and you've got yourself that is perhaps much more in the feminine and wants to be maybe more creative or, you know, all these different aspects that we've not been taught. It's okay to have all of them. And how do I get to embody that now, encode that whilst breaking away from things like, people pleaser and the imposter and the good girl and the projections that have been on top of us how do I get to bust through that stuff and I feel that that's a big piece for the next 12 to 18 months for feminine awakening for women and that's going to look very different for everybody but just the the discomfort of where you are and the desire for something new is the sole message for the initiation to start and the minute you say yes the teacher comes, the opportunities open up and things will be moving very fast. So don't think that this will take, you know, years to manifest the new job or the whatever else. We're talking months. We are timeline jumping with this kind of work. So it's kind of very, very exciting times. And I think I've compressed like 43 years into <laughs> probably about 10 minutes. 
That is amazing that you shared your journey. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you've gone through a lot, like starting at four years old, having that experience. I was, uh, and I shared this on my podcast before, but I had an experience. My first memory, I was in a crib crying because I had a raven or a crow next to me and a slithery snake inside my crib. That was my very first memory. And the reason why I know it wasn't a dream is because I had asked my mom, mom, um, when I was little, how was, where, where was my crib? And was my sister, how was she, where, was she positioned next to me? How was her house? You know, she was describing everything that I remembered in that room. And I always wondered why, why that dream, you know, or why that experience, <laughs> not a dream. And what I noticed now is that crows have always been around me. And I'm like, I don't like crows, to be honest. They're not my type of bird that I would choose. You know, I would prefer something like more majestic and beautiful. But you know what? I think they are majestic now. Oh, they <laughs> are. The crows are amazing. Like I was in Avery yesterday and my friend came with me and I said, well, just ask the crows where we need to go. And suddenly there's this like huge flock of crows that come along and then they start sitting on the different stones. I'm like, we need to go over there first. It, they are wisdom. They are kind of like spirit guides, whichever way you want to look at it. So I'm, they're super intelligent. And if you talk to them as though it's a person like, or you know put some food out and it's not even like a a deity type communication I mean like communicate as though they are another pet or a friend of yours and they will start to interact and I feel that they are so um they're protectors they bring so much wisdom and also they will sometimes if you build that kind of connection with them you might just be going along and you're kind of like not paying attention, the crow will bring you back to that part of yourself that is um, the more intuitive. It's like, ah, I'm seeing her or him for a reason because what am I not seeing in my situation at this time? Pay attention, who's around, what's happening, what's the sign? Because they look out for us. Like literally I will have, everything kind of responds around me when I'm walking about. So if I see something, I'm like, okay, there's something else going on here. What is it? Show me. And I'm like, ah, then I can kind of pay attention. So I find that that's a really good way rather than being frightened. I think it's really interesting as a child to have those two, you know, spirit consciousness around you because they're showing that they are there and they're important to you as a soul from a very young age as well. So that level of depth and wisdom of the crow is potent, very powerful. And the snake, again, you know, we've got a lot of like conditioned fear about the snake. The snake talks about rebirth. And we actually mentioned rebirth, didn't we, earlier? Rebirth, yeah. renewal. But I'd also, you know, we've got a lot of this like, oh, it's snake energy and they're slimy and whatever else. I think it's, I tend to remove myself from any of these, uh, I call them like projected ideas. You need to understand your own relationship with the snake, your own relationship with the crow, because it might be different to mine. Because I'm for because that's the thing I guess at the moment is that every relationship is unique to ourselves. So you might think that the crow is awful, but my relationship because I forged a relationship and a connection is different. So invite yourself to consider what is the the medicine and what is the spirit that has come in because at that age for you to have those two, they will be allies, supporters for you probably through transformation and probably also. The snake is, um, yeah, the snake's not going to be easily kind of just swayed. I would tune into that because you might find that it gives you a level of courage knowing that you have that energy around you as well. 
if you are willing to understand that everything uh, is there really to support us and interact with us rather than being feared. Yes, because uh, one of my biggest fears was snakes. Every time I saw them or would see them, I'd be like, I would, but I would get over it, pet it, you know, <laughs> love it. <laughs> and just, oh, but I that was one of my fears. Like, you know, I watching the Indiana Jones as a little girl and seeing. Oh, yeah, like, jumping on you. <laughs> Like, and then we just recently watched this movie. I think I was telling you, it was probably why I had those nightmares. It, I don't even know what it was called, but it was about this girl. Her family was stuck in this bathroom and then they couldn't get out. And there was a snake that came inside and it was like a rattlesnake, but it was agitated. So it was like biting everybody. And I'm like, it's the things that I should not be watching right now. I don't want to be dreaming about snakes. <laughs> it was hilarious though how much of what we watch and consume has a lot of really fear-based subconscious programming to mm. make us fear something that is natural and something that is just as got as much value being on this earth as us and makes us fear something of the unknown they're playing into that there's lots of obviously religious limitations around the snake and everything as well if we were to strip that all back which is collective like consciousness programming if we were to imagine that we might hold that level of fear about a dog because that was the programming within the religious texts, we'd be like, wait a minute, why am I doing that? So maybe we need to refine all this stuff because this these films are making us hold a lot of darker fear-based energies about stuff just because we don't understand it or because it's also been programmed through so much of our religious texts and teachings and all the rest of it. And... Um, yeah, I'm always I think it's this this thing of challenging what we've been scared of. And actually, you know, me shutting down a lot of my kind of abilities was because of the experiences I had as a child. Mm -hmm. So what was normal for me, you know, got to the point where I had a what's called a spiritual midwife contract where I'd have spirits come to me and they'd always be wanting something from me. Well, of course they did, because A, they knew I could see them and hear them, and B, they knew that I was a source of light. So it was like she's either going to send us to the light or we can feed from her. Or, you know, if we scare her, we've got an energy source there. So I was blocking stuff out for my own protection and fear. But I realized that that happens to most children mm -hmm. because nobody's taught us, helped us with that transition where we're very open. Um, and because nobody's given us context or a toolkit and we haven't been empowered, we fear it. Mm -hmm. and and I've been following um, a woman online actually and she's from an indigenous uh, community and she's teaching her children at a very young age how to manage uh, their spiritual psychic awareness and if they get overwhelmed how to set the boundaries how to say no and I'm like oh my god this is what we need yes. this is what we need our children not to be scared of who they are to set boundaries because if they can set boundaries with the unseen they'll feel confident to set boundaries with those in their personal lives and that you know these are like core skills yes. it's like but we've got so much that has been programmed that is fear that is holding us down consciously and holding us back because it's also about our split between ourselves and nature mm -hmm. and that's a big thing with with you know humanity is that we've kind of raped and pillaged the land and conquered people and the land and it's like actually nature is within us we have all the elements within us we need the synergy between ourselves and nature and the elements again because it isn't ours to take and it isn't ours to fear mm -hmm. it's about the ecosystem that lives within us 
and the as within, so without, we need to start bringing that synergy and that awareness back in, then we don't have anything to fear. We don't need to destroy things because why would we destroy something? Because there's going to have an impact on ourselves and everything else in this ecosystem. The way the earth has been is the opposite to that. And part of this big consciousness shift that we're on is beginning to question why we're doing things and why we're being shown certain messaging that creates so much fear and separation when why is it even on this earth if like why do we need to be fearing stuff and i think it's so powerful like all the messaging we've had and how how we can create so much of our reality based on something that somebody else is programmed to fear that then stops you maybe experiencing something that you're meant to because you've held that you remind me of another story too. This is really, this is really recent. Um, so my son, he's 15 and he was always scared of bees. And then he became scared of wasps. But then he decided one day, mom, come watch the show with me. You know, it's this man. He goes out into the wilderness and he'll get exotic bees or, you know, wasps like creatures. So like one was called the ex, um, the, uh, I forget their names, but these, these hornets even too. And they were just like ones that I've never seen before. I'm like, wow, they're amazingly beautiful. But he would see what happens when the guy gets stung with it, you know? And I'm like, what are you watching? So check this out. So in his bedroom, wasps would just appear inside. We don't know how. And then I'm like, well, where'd they come from? But they weren't aggressive. They're just on the walls, like places here and there. You know, and then we're like, okay, let's try to get them out, you know. And so my husband was trying to get rid of them. And then, you know, my, uh, and then my son, because he has he, a co-parent. And so he hadn't been here for a while. And he was like, hey, did you take care of that wasp problem? And like, yeah, we haven't seen a wasp in a long, long time. Not since you've been here, you know, nothing. And we haven't even opened that window because it's been cold anyway. <laughs> so here he goes and just checking. He even has the wasp killer spray just in case, you know, but and we checked for nests and there's no nests around. Sure enough, he calls Victor, my son, my husband, Victor, Victor, can you come here? There's a wasp here. We don't know where it comes from. I said, my love, I said, you are attracting these wasps. They are attracted to you. You are must obviously fascinated by them, I tell him, is because, um, you have interest in them. Obviously, if you're watching them on TV, you show some interest and they're there. I said, let me figure out what the spiritual meaning of wasps are. And then they were saying something about paying attention, learning, some things like that. And I mean, he's kind of, he, he's at a level where he understands about this world and knows what this world is because I had to teach him because I don't want my kids growing up conditioned what the TV tells us, what people tell us, even what our minds tell us sometimes. And so um, I was just reading to him and he felt a little bit more calm. I said, maybe you're just creating them, honey. You're a magic like that. Do you know that? <laughs> and he's he's like, hmm, maybe I am manifesting them. I said, perhaps, you know, I said, they're not there to hurt you though. Because have you been stung by one ever? He's all, no. I said, well, there you go. <laughs> so that I was- I think he's also really curious that rather than going in to kill them, it's also about knowing that your space is your boundaries and your permission for anything to come in is given somehow. Mm -hmm. So if you opened the window and spoke to the wasp and said, um, no, you can't come in here, you need to leave now, and you might just kind of shoot them, leave the window open, but it's done from an energetic space of not aggression, not force, 
it's about communicating with something from either neutrality or a place of love. It's like respectfully asking to leave. That energy is so different than coming in at fear and attack. And I think that wasps respond in a kind of hive mentality of alerting everybody else that there's a, a problem. And also, I'm pretty sure that they get quite disorientated by um, pesticides and, you know, things like that. So you don't even know that if there's maybe the garden's been sprayed, your windows have been open, they've come in disorientated and then suddenly they're being attacked. So there's like there can be so many different levels to this, like a very human linear, but also a spiritual. And I think it's always about teachers and, and also an opportunity to interact and do things in a different way. So rather than fear it, why not? make it almost like okay well the stray cats wandered in so maybe we just need to ask the stray cat to go but we're we're going to do the same thing with the wasp and it's like actually if I do that then how does that make me feel I'm more empowered I'm in peace you're not frightening me you've just overstepped a boundary you're not meant to be here you need to leave now and it's interesting even with spiders like I seem to get spiders that create all these you know amazing webs and stuff like all around different parts of my house outside like they're protecting like these weavers and I mean I think it's just all magic like how you know nature interacts with us and um you know what are they showing us what are they teaching us and I'd invite rather than going to watch the programs where it's the guy that's super and exterminating them perhaps look at you know like even with the bees we wouldn't even have food and stuff like that without the bees mm -hmm. and if you look at what we're doing to the bees and you know, I don't know huge amounts about wasps, but I'm sure it's all correlated in that ecosystem. What do we need them for? And actually, why is this messenger coming in? And why are you connected to it? And perhaps there's something deeper here and, and gain the empathy because mm -hmm. everything deserves us to have a level of compassion for it. Even if we've been bitten by the dog, there is another side to the same coin of the fear there and the reaction and actually, well, I swatted and killed the bug, you know, out of fear. And it's like, this is what we're being taught is that these, the forgiveness piece is interesting as well, because it's the same thing. It's like the persecutor and the victim, we've all played these different roles. Like if we're scared of the wasp, if we're scared of an experience, what is the part of us that comes out? Are we persecutor? Are we the victim? what role are we playing with it, different parts of our lives and where can we shift that and become more empowered? And I think we can get that from an insect that can, you know, a small insect can whiz in and someone's screaming and they've lost their composure over a wasp. Or, you know, we could have that to somebody, you know, having some kind of trauma and they're, they're agitated and on alert. Everything's teaching us something about us, us in relation to us. So it's like, what is the response that these things that keep on happening are bringing to us? What's the teaching? And mm -hmm. I had um, experiences recently where, and I've had it a few times where I kept on getting like move in somewhere and then they suddenly do loads of building work. So I can't work and it's loads of noise and it's invasive. And what part of me does this bring out? What part of my shadow does it bring out? You know, what, do I communicate properly through that? Am I able to set the boundaries? Do I get angry and then start thinking negatively towards them? Am I being out of balance? And that was actually the gift that I had to then go in and heal those bits. And then suddenly those patterns disappeared. I no longer needed to attract in those the builders or whether it's the wasp or the whatever else it is, because I'd done the inner work to change what I was attracting in. I didn't need to be learning that lesson or being taught through the contrast. 
And that's quite deep because most people don't want to like look at what they've attracted in. There's either a message or a lesson or something there. But it's actually when we can kind of question those things without um, avoiding it, we actually can move through a lot of the challenges because we're a bit like, well, I had this in my last place, so why is it happening again? Mm-hmm. Like that means that I'm the common denominator, you know? So like I need to look a bit deeper at this. And that I feel is a big piece that will free everybody. Yes. If we can normalize that self-reflection, that self-awareness of know thyself, without it needing to mean we're bad, unlovable, unworthy. We've got parts of ourselves that hold that frequency and that thought form. But actually, let's just be curious. Let's be the soul detective. Let's explore these patterns. Because if I can see a pattern, I'm the common denominator. So that means I've got the key to my own cage when I unpick the pattern and I've realized what the, the healing or the lesson or the teaching is, then I can break free from it. And that's where we quantum leap into the next levels of money often new relationship you know opening the doors to the the things we desire is always on the other side of the things that are coming in as the patterns and the the blocks or the the upper levels right yeah thank you so much for explaining that because often we are just so like fearful and we or we're just wondering why am I acting like this and we have to kind of pay attention to ourselves like this morning for example I was like my husband was singing in the shower and why was it annoying to me I'm like why am I being agitated (laughs) I shouldn't be he's happy (laughs) (laughs) but you know I think because I was talking to myself and I'm the type of person that if I'm studying I can't have like any distractions that's just like just me you know but then my husband where he's working he can have like different things going on I cannot if I I can never multitask I have to just focus on one thing at a time and so maybe I was doing something I was thinking well why am I acting like that because I mean he's fine singing I don't mind him ever singing what's going on with me so I like to always talk to myself and then ask myself why (laughs) am I acting this way why do I have these feelings what's going on so I'm glad you brought that up yeah. interesting with that stuff because I'm quite the same because often I can be in like creative mess everywhere but actually that might annoy me in someone else because actually I need to look at it in me and you know sometimes I like need to get in the zone and be super you know if I'm doing recording or something like who's quiet but you know it, it, I think it all depends on our where we are that day with how we've met our own needs if we're running around and we're a bit more rushed you're probably going to be less uh tolerant of other people's stuff but also sometimes it's about, um, yeah, somebody's freedom to be like their joyful, happy self. And maybe we're not feeling that. It just brushes up against that discomfort. So we just get a bit like triggered. <laughs> it's so true. I was like, why am I mad? Like, I don't normally get mad, but whatever. <laughs> um, I was also going to talk to you about past lives. So I just had my psychic talk to me about past lives and I've had many but the most recent one I was actually a male shaman which then makes sense and then the tribe actually still exists in Costa Rica I forget the tribe's name and which I'm like wow interesting because I do massage therapy and I always get the clients saying and the guests saying you have healing hands you must have been a healer in your past life but I'm like and then it was confirmed I was a healer in my past life I was a shaman that is so neat but can you actually explain like 
the whole concept of like past life influences and how they actually shape our current life's blocks, patterns, and relationships? Yeah, sure. So I think also what's useful, giving your recent example, what you're talking about with um, like uh, getting ill and stuff. So it's interesting if you're doing hands-on healer. So being the shaman in another lifetime means that you have already gone through certain initiations and mastery. So it's almost like saying you've been to university and then you've gone and got all these qualifications, but you've also got your 10,000 year, you know, hours worth of mastery. You've lived it, experienced it, you've grown through the embodiment of it in another lifetime. However, we understand in the quantum field that everything is happening at once and there is another aspect of your soul consciousness that is multidimensionally still living that. So that version of you is still active in whatever practice, doing whatever they're doing. And we have all of these different parts of consciousness. And what tends to happen when we wake up is that for you to move forwards in this timeline, in your highest timeline of self and expanding your consciousness, you are going to connect with these different timelines and their wisdom and the healing that's needed in those timelines once you've integrated it and polarity integrated it you bring their wisdom into now which means it's very interesting because when we started this podcast you said you've had the illness and you've had the um you know the the aching the fluey thing and feeling really overwhelmed and you don't know why which it all links into actually what you've just shared so when we have that i call it the shamanic code it is a cellular thing that's within your spiritual dna that you know how to transmute energy so what a lot of the shamans would do is they would be working either plant shaman or spirit shaman which i would be the tools that i have and the abilities i have are like a spirit shaman but additionally a plant shaman would be uh not just suggesting plants for like oh etc but they would channel the consciousness of the plant and then they would bring that in for their healing. So there's lots of different uh, streams of different tribes and teachings with shamanism, so it's quite broad. So you, it'd be interesting to understand what yours is, but what it might mean is, uh, in addition to hands-on healing, you might also have an ability that you can um, channel. You might well also be able to, through your spoken word the conjuring like the priestess so you're speaking things into form it's part of these other healing abilities so there's that piece that may also be wanting to come through but what you're learning through the experiences of i call it the takeout i.e where you've been doing your healing you've taken on somebody else's stuff and your body is kind of trying to process it mm -hmm. that's very shamanic but the bit that we haven't been taught if we haven't gone through our initiations and had the actual teachings is we don't know how to clear our energy so that we don't take on the stuff of other people and start holding it so we see this a lot with healers where they either get sick gain lots of weight um and they will have blocks around how many clients they can actually take on because they are not they haven't been taught how to clear the channel first and clear their energy field at the deeper level enough to be able to be hands-on in someone else's energy field or working on a very deeper level so because these past lives, they come in and we will sometimes get sick to be showing us that we are doing these things. It's not that we need to stop. We just need to learn the tools to be able to embody more of that skill. So it's like, how do I bring this into my modern day is like for you. OK, well, if I've got that wisdom there, there's part of me that will probably be connected into the snake and the raven and the other animals and stuff. And that's why they've come in. So they might be particular spirits that you maybe worked with in other timelines 
So again, they've come forward because they're going to be part of your allies and your teams. And how do you bring that into now? Because it would not even be coming into your conscious awareness if it was not asking to be integrated and embodied. It means that you do the, the past life work to understand uh, what is the karma outstanding with that aspect of yourself that needs to be completed, closed out and understood to be integrated into the now so that that part of soul and wisdom comes in. But you then know I need to learn some new tools to be able to embody more of who I'm being. And that allows you to live more authentically, more self-expressed and more in your gifts without suddenly going, right, that's it, kids and family. I'm off to the jungle to be a shaman. Bye. It's not about suddenly taking on a new avatar or kind of, you know, archetype of the shaman. It's about you embodying the gifts that you clearly your soul wants you to start to be birthed for now, but also be able to do it so that it doesn't disrupt the human expression that you're having this time around and use those gift, gifts for both yourself, your family, because it means your kids will also learn because they genetically will be more likely to have those codes as well. Mm -hmm. So then you get to rebirth that through this present line. And whether it's the shaman, whether it's the healer, whether it's all these different, for myself, the high priestess, all these different roles, um, they are asking to be rebirthed through us for modern times because they hold the ancient mastered wisdom that was not passed down in books. It wasn't passed down really even by words because it was all written and said in a sort of code. And the only way that wisdom was really embodied was through the initiations because you, you'd learnt it. No one can take away your embodied wisdom. So you'll have lots of connections that you can connect in with for that part of yourself that can actually probably reveal a lot of things that you've either known about yourself in this time, this lifetime. You'll be like, oh, so that's why I could do that. Or that's why I kept on having these dreams. That's why I knew before that person told me this thing, I knew it will allow you to understand that those gifts and those remembrances are alive within you. Firstly, you need to trust them. But secondly, they're coming up because they need to be embodied for now. So past life work for me is never, ever about just let just, you know, some people just want to go digging about. For me, if it's coming up for now, it's coming up because there's karma to clear. But there's also part of your soul essence that you need to integrate back in. But it's because it serves you for your soul's evolution is to be rebirthed. We're going to have, by the end, you know, in the next five years, we're going to have more people that are able to intuitively connect in with different spiritual ranges of self. They're going to naturally have healing abilities. It's going to be quite normal. Yeah. So we all have different parts of our past lives and different lineages that actually that's probably the cleanest way for us to find what is most aligned for us rather than to just go online and be like oh they're an angel healer and this person's a shaman and this one's this and this kind of like mcdonald's drive way through of like choosing stuff it's like tune into what is like speaking to you because that's actually going to be what you're going to be most naturally able to integrate and embody because you've done it before so it will feel very natural, any teachings, any understandings. So that's where I see past life work as the opportunity to permanently shift your frequency, your vibration and your consciousness. There is nothing else. There is no amount of meditation. There is no amount of plant medicine that will permanently shift your vibrational frequency because it correlates to your soul vibration. Your soul vibration is about the... Um, 
vibrational range that your consciousness is able to connect in with at this time a shamanic consciousness is 4d mm -hmm. so it's showing you that you are working through the astral field which is also what you were talking about with your dreams you were saying you were having really active dreams and that is the astral plane so you are working through the karmic layers and the parts of self through the 4d which is part of the heart awakening because that's the gateway to 4d so it's all part of the spiritual awakening that we talked about that you're going through so these parts are coming in because they are ready to be integrated in and that wisdom doesn't mean you need to you know release who you are now it's about ah that's another part of me yeah it doesn't mean you know just because you haven't trained in the jungle for 10 years or whatever doesn't mean that you're any less of holding that consciousness no that is part of you all of us have multi-dimensional parts of self and it's about us reclaiming that power to embody it now so this is powerful time for you even with what we've just talked about actually in so many of those threads um yeah it's it's it's, it's saying yes that's the, that's what i call it souls knocking yes it's waiting <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I know like every like there's just so much change going on and it's happening fast like you said like it's happening fast and more and more people are waking up waking up waking up and it's 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 people it's going to be a little chaotic I think or it is right now but I think once everyone is all on the same page it's like a different world <laughs> different world completely now, um, what like types of techniques or practice, practices do you actually recommend for someone like beginning their journey of spiritual awakening and self-discovery? Yeah, so I would say one of the foundations, and I call it like the strong foundations, are it's really about know yourself and it's about understanding. So many people get caught up in trying to do the psychic development, like opening up their third eye and their crown and their heart and everything, but they haven't realized that in this physical vessel, the lower three chakras, so your root, sacral, and solar plexus, they connect to the first three levels of your energy field. So that is going to be about your connection to money, your connection to earth, your connection to your body, sexuality, relationships, personal power. That is everything around also what our so-called identity is, so it's our woundings. That is the lens. So even if we open up our psychic gifts, we're then coming through the lens of who we think we are based on all of the stories, the programming, through those lower three chakras. So that's where the scarcity, the lack, all the rest of it. So this is also important. If you're going to psychics, you need to know what shadow work they've done. Why? Because otherwise they are reading you through their lenses. So you're not going to get clear stuff. It means, I call it the, um, it's your opportunity to really hone those skills for yourself. So I think energy clearing is the, the key thing. So there's a few things. Rather than it being something that you do once in a while or once things get like really overwhelming, if, if you want to really fast track the development and also remain quite grounded, but also things to really lock in, like with yourself, you have soul aspects that have mastery. If you were able to incorporate a few of the practices, such as I mentioned, the spiritual baths, the spiritual baths are things like Epsom salt, and then particular herbs, and I can share some of these things as well, that are cleansing herbs. They're really powerful. And when we set an intention, when we do a spiritual bath, we're activating the water element and we're activating the spirit consciousness within the herbs. And the herbs correlate to different planets. And this is the same for plants and herbs and flowers. We're activating 
the consciousness of the plant. So it might be a particular, but I was working with mandrake recently and mandrake is this like ancient, very powerful root. You don't stick this in the bath, by the way, do not even consider that. I'm just mentioning this now, <laughs> but I was working with them recently and, and um, it's very, very powerful to work in certain realms to clear out and remove connections. So there's certain things that we can put in a salt bath. So it's simple things. These are like kitchen witchery, I'll call it. So it might be like, um, if you're wanting an abundance, it might be like orange and cinnamon. So you could put some slices of orange and a bit of cinnamon in some Epsom salt. You have a shower and then you get in your bath and you maybe light a candle of like, you know, inviting in um, divine light, abundance, peace and joy and setting the intention that through this bath, I'm just setting an intention to receive more blessings over this next period. So you're programming by connecting in with the water element the consciousness of the plants, the power of the um, planets through these different herbs, that in itself is you connecting with all these different energies, that, which can be very, very simple, I'm just breaking it all down, is a way for you to make an intention that you want to raise your frequency. You're wanting to align to more light. When we have more light, we can be seen, we're more radiant and we're more attractive. When our vibration is higher, we feel more positive, we feel more open. When we start to speak that those are the things we want, we are speaking into our field. We're going to start to receive stuff. We've just not been taught it. So even in your shower in the morning, set the intention. I ask the water elements to cleanse away any low frequencies from my field as I'm showering. Call in the angels, ask them to remove any energy that's not yours from your sleeping escapades. You know, we're talking about the astral plane. So you can ask. It's about us starting to bring those practices in because we also then mean that we're coming from a place of not victim from power because we're asking it. When we start to get confident with that, we don't need to fear things. I have particular energy clearing tools that essentially set up an energy field that will clear any lower entity being whatever nonsense is going on, which happens throughout this spiritual awakening and uh, means that you can reset in six minutes because I designed them because I was on the trading floor and I was in between pitches and meetings and stuff and I'd be picking up on everybody else's energy and then have to go into another meeting. So I created stuff that I could go to the loo, listen to the meditation, clear my energy and go into the next one. Because otherwise, if you imagine after being in back-to-back meetings or you've had lots of stuff going on, it's very hard to catch your own thoughts and everybody else feels all that energy as well. So if you want to be amazing at sales and you want to nail that pitch, perhaps you're even like a woman that's a founder that's wanting to go for you know, capital raising and she's got to get up on stage and she wants people to feel her as her, these energy tools are vital. These are like leading edge. But also, if you then do your meditations from a clear field, your intuition is going to be more accurate and clear because your energy field is clear. Most people are trying to do it whilst they're literally as though they've never had a shower. Mm. And that also means that they get wonky information. So this is about the, the spiritual hygiene or the energy hygiene is your additional layer of self-care. I call it like total wellness, like spiritual, mental, emotional, energetic wellness. If we're not looking after the body and doing some form of exercise, sweating every day, we are going to affect not only our mental health because of just the general physicality, Mm -hmm. but also we're not able to move some of this funky energy that is getting cleared up because of this spiritual awakening. 
so it's like I have these protocols and I've got a a new community called the Sisters of the Phoenix Collective and it's my sort of like entry-level uh, membership and in the database in the member site it's got all of these things because this is this is normal day-to-day -day. how would mm -hmm. I bounce back these are the tools I have to create and I think that they are like what everybody needs and it doesn't mean you need to take on a uh what's the word for it a lot of people have funny ideas about this making you a witch or something else like this it doesn't it's just you connecting in with the elements and you understanding on a better degree um the things that you're using you know like rather than us thinking the snakes are bad or you know connecting in with this plant and it means this quite the opposite we're changing our relationship around things so that we are building a relationship and connection it's not about what somebody else outside of us has told us that it means right. if it helps you to put rose in your bath and rose oil in your bath and to add a bit of oil and set the intention that this is a declaration of self-love when you feel really awful and you want to connect in with that essence of maybe like add in some rose quartz you can put rose quartz in the bath along with physical rose petals Mm -hmm. ask for the healing of your heart with the roses they are a powerful consciousness flower essence and flower mm -hmm. energies are deeply powerful notice how you feel afterwards yeah this is the this is the magic mm -hmm. and this is like moving us away from feeling hopeless disempowered and separate mm -hmm. because that has made us feel like that from ourselves from god source everything and from nature like even in my loneliest moments and the moments when I'm just like I've had enough the interaction with the world and the nature and the animals and the insects it literally just comes in it's like mm -hmm. an intervention and at times my spiritual connection with beings consciousness has been stronger and felt more protective than I've had in humans in my life mm -hmm. and that's where I realized the power is in these relationships and it comes down to the fact that if in the moments that I felt like that, others have the same, but if they have toolkits to know that it's not an ultimate truth, we've just never ever been taught, that's the gift, that's the magic, that's the medicine. And it's also, these were things that were taught in previous lineages in Egypt, in the priestess temples, you know, you would have had your rites of passage when you had your period, that would have been a, a new cycle, a new milestone that would have been celebrated you would have had support mm -hmm. these rites of passages have been broken so we have been disconnected from things and parts of ourselves and instead applied guilt shame and past trauma through our ancestral lineage so there's a lot of this around self-worth money our connection to our bodies it's because of these old disconnections so I invite anyone when they're going through challenges to see it as an opportunity to rewrite the script for the relationship with themselves and the relationship with the type of situation they're in and reclaim their power from it. Mm -hmm. And that is what all of us are being asked to kind of do again, 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 sadly. It's not like it's going to be no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, more. <laughs> That's totally. Um, wow. Thank you so much. Oh, go ahead. You're going to say something else. No, 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 no. But I, I, feel like it's also it's, when I say eclectic it's like what works for you you know it's not yeah. about prescriptive it has to be done in 10 steps only at this time it's not it really isn't again that is a belief system there's so yeah. much that's coming up for us to realize that we're valued we're worthy and um we are deeply powerful and magical and 
there is never a planet, a a individual consciousness that says you can't do this unless you're speaking to me or doing this at this time and the roses aren't gonna you know offer some of their essence because it's not tuesday at two o'clock like, <laughs> that's all made up it's all made up it <laughs> is <laughs> it totally is well okay so i'm gonna have to have you come back on the show for like a round two because there's just so much we can talk about like i have have even covered what I wanted to really like also talk about. I mean, I definitely covered what I want to talk about, but there's so much more. So I would love for you to come back yeah. and then we can continue this amazing conversation because you are so wise and that's why you have the beautiful title, the modern day high priestess. What's up? <laughs> Alara, thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you, follow you, work with you? Yeah, sure. So on Instagram, I'm under, I am Alara Dawn. Um, I have my Pure Light 1111 Soul Lined Living podcast on iTunes. My website is www.alaradawn.com. I have my YouTube channel, um, which is the Modern Day High Priestess Alara Dawn. So any of those places are amazing. Um, I also have a lead magnet that is the Eclectic Woman, which is a very new offering that I literally channeled this morning that I will be creating. And I feel that that will be really useful for those wondering where their blind spots are, want some of the intuitive guidance, and I'm going to be creating something so that they can get that information and see what they can't see, like we've just done now in this kind of session, so they can actually take some different steps. So it'd be amazing if that is something that your listeners can really benefit from so that nobody needs to feel stuck alone. There's help there. There's This stuff is wild and wacky, but there's always, as I say, the teacher shows up when you're kind of ready. So um, I hope that this is you know, useful for them. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Alara. I just cannot wait to have this out. <laughs> it needs This message needs to be out there so people can just start learning about themselves and questioning themselves like, wow, you know, I am actually magical. <laughs> Thank you so magical. much. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you so much. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.